0: Welcome to the FX Money Show Podcast. FX Money Show Podcast. Where your host, Nick, uses his 30 years of experience to demolish the FX markets while exposing the how. Why and when of Forex in front of your eyes? So take the Foggles off. Subscribe and share with your most trusted friends. Pet the cat. Yes, I said pet the kitty cat. Chew some gum and put the headphones on the bone dome. Time is money. And this is the FX Money Show.
1: All right. So how many years, Michelle, have you been trading? 20. All right. Good times. Good times. All (laughs) right. So you're going to have some of these answers already. um, Mm -hmm. But how many, So, let's assume that my chicken scratch is euro dollar. What are we looking at? It's just the relationship. It's a relationship between two currencies. But if we're studying the charts, we have insufficient information there. Because depending on your platform now, I aggregate volume, liquidity of of volume, and then I scrub uh, limit order books and I come up with um, a inside picture of where volume is moving, where it's breaching what I would call bid ask bounce. Um, And bid ask bounce is just kind of the phenomenon of, of the market to move this way and then turn and go this way. Well, it can't change directions unless it has a sentiment and volume change in direction there. So when, I've turned, when I took my first position, uh, first working position uh, in the capital markets was for a futures brokerage in Oklahoma City. And my job was kind of an entry level analyst and the first project or research you know, paper that I had to do for them was identify what causes every market to change direction and or continue. And that's what I focused on. Um, and I think it was just kind of a task for me or whatever, a, a test maybe for me, uh, but uh, I've been trading with that approach since. Instead of building strategy on the candles, I build the strategy on the data that causes the candles. If we're looking at the charts, we're looking at two currencies, right? and the only thing that causes exchange rates to move with any sort of dominant force is money flow. And it can be money flow into one currency and it has to be out of, or at least into at a lesser extent of the other currency, the counter currency, because there are in fact two currencies here, right? But when we look at exchange rates or the the individual currencies inside the rate euro dollar i want to know if we're truly comparing apples you know to apples those are apples by the way <laughs> apples to apples or are we you know is there some sort of deviation of say an ex- the exchange rate between the dollar and the cad or dollar and swiss or new zealand or Aussie or Sterling, or in fact, Euro or yen, the majors, right? But at the same time, I want to do the same thing and come up with an Apple-to-Apple comparison of the Euro. So I'm going to do the same exact thing over here in shorthand. Aussie, Sterling, Euro, yen. That gives me a basis to then without using any sort of lagging analysis, simply look at the quotes. So when the quotes are spit in to the analysis, the algorithm I use to analyze the market, uh, hold on a second, okay, tornado watch, it's okay, all right. Um, So when when the quotes are spit in, they're spit in real time. But what most traders fail to understand is that market movement shows up not as a re- in terms of leading market movement. It doesn't show up as a result of order flow. It shows up as a result of sentiment. Sentiment moves first. Always, always, always moves first. The result is the opportunity for institutions to then aggressively trade the price higher or the price lower, right? And they will always do that until the point where the price reaches parity or it balances it out. It meets the the bid or the ask where that mid-range is meeting the sentiment and there's no deviation of it, but sentiment will always lead price. And once sentiment changes direction, it provides the opportunity it is then volume that gives us the follow-through that happens second. And for those that, and I don't know your, your trading approach or your analytical style, but it is always, always, always price action, or even price for that matter, candle to candle price, that always happens third. Always happens third. Right. So if you're looking at price action, statistically, you're between 45 and 55 percent resiliency in, in terms of how well the price action connects to the price movement and stays connected at the hip dynamically with it or stays responsive to it. Right. So going back to some of this, right, the component of analyzing for sentiment is looking at all of the different cross rates and then putting that into a valuation of the euro in a non lagging index, right? Not like a dollar index or a euro index that uses, you know, a proportion of, you know, um, domestic capacity or economic, you know, size, but it looks more at the volume because we understand what that market volume is doing. And that becomes a component of what we include in our indexes. So. Where most traders are, when they approach me and say, Nick, can you teach me how to trade? You know, their confidence level is between 30 and 50 percent. And that's pretty statistically across the board. Um, Some are less, some are more, not very many uh, that are significantly higher without experiencing trades that go against them pretty quickly or pretty repetitiously consistently, right? So most are between that 30 and 50% confidence. But that's because they're looking at the relationship between the two currencies and completely void or their analysis is void at looking at the strength in terms of indexes, not, a, not like a currency strength meter that is just a lagging you know, historical study of you know, comparing RSI's. Uh, or something to that nature, but the strength of money flow into one currency and and with an opposing view of weakness or a differential in the strength in the other currency. And that statistically is strong enough for us when the money flow differential is at about 12%. So we look at the indexes. And when those indexes diverge by 12%, we are going to see a strong opportunity, right? So if we go down to the bottom of the chart, we've got a series or a couple of indexes. The blue is the Euro, the the green is the dollar. And to me, your analysis or strategy is only as good as its ability to tell you exactly what the charts are doing without looking at the charts, which is why you can't see the candles because your strategy has to be dynamic. But I built strategy on the data of sentiment and volume and completely ignored the candles. The end result is that the candles show up exactly where you know the analysis says they should be or pretty close within 2%, right? So what I'm gonna do is look at the crosses and I can go, I can go back a little bit here. here. So look at the crosses. This is this morning, 1643, okay, early afternoon. Uh, So that is about 10 o'clock or so uh, Eastern time. And we have a cross right down here. And the Euro in blue gets stronger than the dollar in green. It's that easy, right? So then I'll put a vertical line there. And that is a blue line, just happens to be uh, a blue line because it's indicative of the Euro being strong and the move going to the upside. Then I take a copy of this line and I'll place that copy over here because here's another cross and then, Here's another cross and then yeah, it looks to be it. There might be a little one over through here, but it's short lived. There's certainly one where it deviates over here and it starts off to the left here in an upward move anyway, goes a little bit sideways before it starts to get stronger again. So here on this one, got an upward move. It goes sideways right through there and then it starts to climb again, And then as, the index differential between the two starts to weaken, we should expect the market to go a little bit sideways until the point where they start to cross and deviate again. So you might have a little bit of upside movement there, and then you're going to have more of a deviation or price move to the upside again right here. That's because market sentiment, which is the white line, has given us a break of structure higher. So structure is in everything. So here's structure higher, here's structure higher, here's structure higher. And the only way that this move to the upside can change direction is if sentiment breaks below one of these low points. It's the only way it can change direction. right? So we've got this blue line here. That's an extension of price. We know it's gone a little bit range bound through here, maybe slightly higher, but range bound primarily. And then it starts to climb again until it gets in through here and it goes sideways in through here. And I'm not talking about the price levels. I don't know where the price levels are here, but in between the lines, that's where it's gone range bound until we see the cross and the dollar getting stronger than the Euro. And then we've got to move to the downside until they go range bound again. Because the differential between incoming money flow, outgoing money flow is matching itself. So there's no one currency being the Euro or the dollar that is stronger than the other by any means in terms of that money flow and that cross correlation or the cross rate correlation of all the other currencies that we're using to build the Euro and the dollar indexes individually because it's the individual currency that gives us the insight when we're looking at all the other currencies, because money flow isn't just on the chart. That would be what some traders would call order flow. And that's isolated to the currency pair. We don't want to isolate ourselves to the currency pair because there's a lot of other currencies when the Euro gets strong, say, you know, the Swiss franc, the Canadian, the yen, Aussie that are, Exporting from those net, you know, those countries into the euro, all at the same time. That's where that cross-border money flow comes into play. But we've got the indexes that go a little bit range-bound through here, and then the euro starts to climb again. And we can see that with sentiment-breaking structure. Right, so sentiment breaks structure through here. It has a failure to move lower. That is also indicative of an upside move. And then we see resistance right through here, somewhere here. There's a oh, that is a circle or, or an arrow supposed to be. It goes to the downside briefly and then turns back to the upside. Easy to see because sentiment then pushes back to the upside. Right, so the granularity of its market microstructure tells us everything that the sentiment is doing in terms of, or as we extrapolate it from the indexes. But if we get right to the point here, we've got this cross and we've got this cross underneath here. We've got this cross over here and we can go back and put this one back here as well. The opposite of that is anytime time the dollar gets strong. There's a little bit right here. We'll turn this red. And then we'll look at what sentiment is doing, because sentiment is, in fact, breaking below a prior low right there. It's broken structure. Right? So that's telling us we're moving to the downside. Now this, this binary line, whatever you want to call it, this line here has told me, all right, we're going to the upside. And now at that moment, we are going to the downside, not just because sentiment is moving lower, but sentiment and price have broken outside of bid ask bounce range. Right? So bid ask bounce price is a component sentiment is a component. We can use bid ask bounce on volume as well, because all of those will all transition direction at the same time, right? So we've got a a downside move, and then we see a little bit of a cross technically right through here, let me move that back a little bit. And as that goes bullish, we also see sentiment from this red line, go bullish right through here. So that's the warning that that move to the downside is over. Then it transitions, the indexes cross, it transitions, we're looking for a clear break of the sentiment low in there. So you've got a little bit right through there. So right in through here is going to be probably the termination of that move, at least on the short-term horizon. And then it starts to climb again because it starts to deviate one more time, right? So it starts to climb through here and then it starts to get weak because the dollar is overtaking it. So we have another cross of the indexes. Dollar overtakes it right there. And we've got sentiment that is breaching below structure five, six, seven minutes prior to that move. Right. So we've got another one, technically there's two more. I'm gonna make this quick and put a line right over here. We've got some sentiment to the downside through here. That is short lived. We've got a little bit of a bid and then a bigger picture move to the downside, All right? So that's the turning points, right? That's how the market moves. It's money flow, sentiment, sentiment will continue. Money flow will you know, fade away or terminate, but it all is based upon app comparing apples to apples. So if I go here, this tool is based upon the indexes. And what it's doing is extrapolating or pulling the differential between the Euro and the dollars index. So when it gets to 12, that is that 12% reference. That becomes a strong move. So somewhere over here, we might get the cross, but this really becomes a strong move right through there because it's more than a 12% differential between money flow going in and money flow either going in at a weaker rate or money flow actually going out. So euro dollar moves to the upside pretty well until we get to about here. And we can, we can see this all the time. We've got another one through here until we get to about here. And then we've got this downside move. It's there, it's short lived. It moves until we get to about here because sentiment is moving higher than that prior high instruction, right? Then sentiment moves higher again and it looks like It's short-lived, kind of meanders about. The differential gets a little bit weak, tries to extend itself higher, doesn't really go anywhere, right? Then it moves to the downside right over through here. So you got the cross, there's weakness, it goes sideways, slightly range bound lower, and then drops off the edge of the cliff there until we've got sentiment right in through about here. Right, then back to the upside, a little bit weak, a little jig jaggedy move. It's not breaking any sort of structure in there. And then it continues its move lower. So without looking at the charts, I've been able to pinpoint the crosses and the turns that the market gives us, every single one of them. Even the range bound move. So I said, this was gonna to move to the upside until we got to about here. And then it's sideways slightly lower. And then it starts to climb until we get to about here. And then we've got the move to the downside until we get to right there. There's the turn. Then we've got this sideways range bound move. Didn't really go anywhere until it breaks lower. That's the move from there. Then you've got this little Jig jaggedy move to the upside, then it pulls lower, goes higher and lower for the bigger move. It's just total transparency. Bid ask bounce is quite the tool because we can look at market sentiment through here, and we're gonna, sentiment is this white line right we can look at market sentiment there and as this triggers the move to the upside we can look at the lows of price low of sentiment then we go to the next low in sentiment right there that's a low in price then you've got this low in sentiment so that's giving a little bit of a caution but the low in price hasn't broken structure lower yet so all that is is a response To this move to the upside, sellers are starting to aggressively attack that, which is why the candle comes lower, which is why it has more sentiment, but it's not breaking that structure. So bid ask bounce has to break both sentiment and price. So then you've got this next low. So prices move higher and you've got a low right here and you've got a low, there's a couple of them right in through here but there's no corresponding price and sentiment low. Then you've got this low. That's a higher low in price. Sentiment is diverging. It's starting to get a little bit weak, but we still need to see that break of sentiment and price. So then here's a low in sentiment, and that's right up here. Let me put a crosshair on it. Because this low in sentiment, is the first low that also has a break lower in price. And that's the end of the move. So you've got the combination. This is what I call active analysis. We're not gonna trade and hold on for dear life until a trade goes into, you know, or reaches kind of a a static predicted, you know, uh, profit target because we don't use those. We want to stay dynamic to whatever the market's going to give. And it can give us, you know, a five pip move. It can give us a 55 pip move. The rules that I use for entry are all exactly the same. Look at sentiment, a break in sentiment. And the strength of the differential of making sure the indexes have, in fact, deviated away from each other by more than 12%. Because what happens when we're looking at all of those cross rates, remember all of the chicken scratch cross rates, what happens is we're able to pull from those cross rates sentiment. And that's what's leading the prices. So this white line leads prices by 30 to 60 seconds all day long. So we know when this market is moving higher, sentiment is higher than the bid because it's leading that price higher. And then what will happen is when sentiment crosses the bid, it leads prices lower. And when it leads prices lower, Now the market makers are thinking, or because I've done a lot of market making, we're starting to sell in order to balance the market out. Because if we don't, we're going to see, you know, whether it's, you know, stat arb trades, you know, getting hit on those trades or triangular arbitrage trades because the cross rates are out of whack. You know, we're gonna have to sell and we'll do so aggressively because institutions only make markets 5% of the time. The rest, 95% are as speculators, just like us. So when we go into a range bound move, and it breaks outside of that range bound move with volume and sentiment, we know that that is in fact an institution or institutions that are aggressively selling or aggressively buying if it breaks outside of this range with sentiment and volume We're not looking at our volume model right now, but um, sentiment, volume, sentiment already has volume included. uh, So we don't have to necessarily look at it separately. It's already inclusive of it. So sentiment leading that market higher. And the result is that it's going to lead that market higher. And when sentiment or in price match each other, that's when the market stops moving. And it does that all day long. Uh, Let me pull up another track here. All right, so let me pull up this one. All right, so this one, let me get rid of some of these lines. So you can see something here. Let me just do it this way.
0: tracking data here.
1: How many lines I've got? A few. All right, there we go. Let's get rid of that. All right, here we go. The red line and pay, uh, kind of pay no mind to um, the the um, the scaling of sentiment line. This is the sentiment line, so we can see that when sentiment moves lower than the bid, that is putting pressure lower. And until sentiment moves higher than the bid, that price is going to continue to the downside, right? But what we've got is dollar strong and that's gonna continue this move lower. So the only way we can get that move to the upside is sentiment moving to the upside and then the index is crossing. And as the indexes cross, we wanna see more than 12% differential for that upside move. So if we're in a short trade and sentiment crosses the bid, depending on how much profit is already booked into the trade or in the trade in the position itself, If it's between zero and two pips, we'll take it out because we expect more. But if it's between zero and two pips, we're going to take it out. If it's uh, between two and eight pips, we're going to hold on to it until sentiment breaks as well as volume. And if it's above eight pips, we'll wait for the deflection of the positive 12 to, and I don't have the 12 line here, but it would return back above the 12, which would terminate this move from here. Right, So that sentiment, that sentiment, the indexes provide, you know, just a night and day transparency of where the euro, in this case, the euro dollar is moving and knowing where those turns are is key because we're not using any sort of, we've got a storm going through and my power is flickering. So if I lose you, are you still there? Yes. Okay, my power is flickering, so um, the storm is getting pretty nasty here. Um, but uh, anyway, so that sentiment, you know, that sentiment guides that movement. Uh, the indexes tell us where the change in direction is going to occur, and there is no change in direction unless the indexes cross. You can get now you, with that being said, you can get little you know, little aberrations of price. But it's not going to completely change direction and move back to the upside unless those indexes have crossed that way. Right. So, what does this do? Let me see. Let me pull up a couple of um, screenshots in terms of um, transparency and and what it provides. Um, Let me see. So, I'm looking for.
0: Okay, so this is,
1: um, I just got to bring my telegram down, I guess. So ex- excuse the jokes. We have a lot of jokes in, our, in my group, right? So this is one of my students today. Just walk circles around the market. Uh, here is, let me see who else is in here. Uh, all right. So there's, there. okay, no, that is the same guy. That's Liam. And here's Svenja. Svenja's been trading with this. Um, she's been following me and studying my my material, my analysis for about a year and a half. She's only been trading two months. Um, but don't let this little seven or eight trades fool you uh, because there's other charts of hers. Uh, let's see, here's her other chart. <laughs> so it's just walking circles around the market um, then here's Svenja's other account All right so pretty consistent you know a little chop there a little sideways range bound move but the analysis any analysis any strategy is only as good as its ability to keep you in the market when you're supposed to be and out of the market when you're not supposed to be in it or at least have no position, right? Or at least not against it. So then, oh, let's see. That was me in a number of legs, trade legs. Um, I tend to trade not on single positions, but I'll I'll tiptoe into the market and I'll find my confidence and I'll expand on the trade. Whether I'm going, you know. 10, 20, 30 lots. This is a joke because I do wear that helmet, that mask. It's kind of funny, though. It's my daughter's mask. Um, oh my gosh, so there are some. Okay, so here's Svenja all of last week. Right, so she had a little bit of chop, but, but still pretty good here is nicholas not not this nicholas but a different nicholas he's been with me for about a year um and this was this was one day uh last week and i know it's one day uh here's liam's on the same day right so more consistency venting frustration when you had this pullback and that pullback was next to nothing um and then see that's that's my trading for the day here's Svenja's other account or one of the one of our two accounts so man let's some more here's nick's other so it's just consistency so we're where the rest of the world will use you know, analysis that just lags and bounces around and you can't extrapolate what that money flow is doing. That money flow is the dominant force of the market. And when we look for opportunities, all we're doing is aligning ourselves with that dominant flow. You know, and when we see those opportunities, they become very statistically reliable um, as the win loss ratios show, uh, let's see, so this, sorry, no, let's go back to, so here in this move, since, you know, I, I, removed the, uh, the lines here, sentiment is still pulling lower, still pulling lower and it's leading that market lower. It sees, you know, any sort of cross is all right, there's a little bit of an aberration from it, but it's not, you know, changing direction entirely. Um, So this line through here, these binary looking lines and that goes for all of them. All right, here's our volume model right there, right? The binary lines do the same thing, bid, ask, bounce. And they tell us either with an upward moving line and then it goes horizontal, that's because it's maintained that upward move. So if it goes up and stays horizontal to the upside, that's still just a bullish move until the point where it moves to the downside. So this in terms of sentiment and price is a move to the upside from right here. In terms of volume and price, it's a move to the upside on the same candle. Sentiment changes direction over here. So as these are moving lower, sentiment starts to move higher. Sentiment leads price, sometimes four minutes. Most of the time, a couple of minutes. An example of that would be here's sentiment moving higher. Here's sentiment and price moving higher. So price happens two candles later. Here's sentiment moving higher. Here's price moving higher a minute later. Here's sentiment and price on the same minute. Here's sentiment moving higher. Price moving higher. Right. So sentiment leads that price. Price always follows. Any questions?
0: No, that was awesome. I love this. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. See who else. Uh, Brian, did you? I don't know. I didn't see when you joined, um, but uh, did you capture enough of it? I did record it, so I can just publish the recording. But
0: so, Nick, I do have a question.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I know you need to edit this, so I'll try and be. That's nice okay. with my yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, what? Okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm on my phone, and I'm trying to see what you're using for the sentiment. Mm-hmm. What? The, what is that? I can't see it.
1: Okay, so the our index model. Um, there, there's a couple of different ways to to view it, right? So our mm-hmm. index model computes the sentiment already, right? Um, there's there's technically. four four or five different tools here. There's what we call our sentiment plot, which puts the sentiment here. And you can see how it crosses to the upside and these candles last three minutes are following it, right? So there's our sentiment plot, but the sentiment plot, excuse me, extracts the sentiment from the index model. It's all it's doing is extracting it from the index model and putting the bid as the baseline. So we've got a, a 100 line here, but instead of using the 100 line, we use the current bid as the 100 line. And that shows us how that sentiment is leading market higher. Okay. It right? just and- give us a relationship. Go ahead. I apologize, but the rest of that call with Michelle was cut off due to a a very uh, local lightning strike as a storm was going through with a tornado watch. But in short, what I was explaining to Michelle is there are um, three, technically four different models. None of them lag with any history. There's our volume model, which was the core that we've used for the last seventeen years. Uh, there's our index model. Uh, which is another core piece we've used for a couple of decades. Uh, And then there's our sentiment plot um, of what sentiment is doing on a candle-to-candle basis. And, And that gives a tremendous amount of insight into whether your purchase right now aligns with the broader scope of the market. One of the things that I should have explained a little bit more in depth is that when we utilize the euro and the dollar in comparison with the other major currencies. When we compare those other currencies, what we are then given is a parity value of where that price of the traded pair on our chart should be. And that is in itself the leading market sentiment. So when there's a a differential between current price or bid uh, or and the sentiment itself, what happens is the market will follow through until it sees a matching level of price and sentiment. If then sentiment continues to the upside, it will constantly lead that price movement higher. And that's just a tremendous amount of insight over top of retail analytical tools that most people would, uh, would ever see. So that's my long and short explanation of wrapping up the session I had with Michelle. Um, If I can help, by all means, reach out uh, on on Telegram is the easiest way at iTrade Social. If the tools work for you, even as a foundational methodology to using your own strategy, and that's a fair number of my client base, is that they'll use... You know, more of that lagging statistical support and resistance components or methods, and then overlay this on top because no matter how many strategies you put on the chart, if you start removing those strategies off the chart, the one thing that will remain is sentiment and volume on every single turn and on every single continuation and direction. Because again, it's the core of how the market moves and not a strategy that's overlaid on candles. So I hope it was insightful for everyone uh, that got a chance to take a peek at this. We'll see you on the inside. Cheers.
0: You've just listened to an episode of the FX Money Show, where every day Nick discusses analysis that drives traders' confidence through the roof. Subscribe to the podcast, enjoy the show, and discover your inner trader. The service of the FX Money Show is to provide foundational educational content to trading listeners of foreign exchange and other financial markets. Anything expressed in the FX Money Show by its producers or guests is educational in nature and in no way constitutes advice. You must understand the risks associated with trading financial products and use only capital you can afford to risk.